Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Stuck in the Cry Room. We've got a surprise for you, one you probably didn't see coming. I don't know. And we'll or you talk, probably did. Well, you may, I don't know. Who knows? But we'll talk about that, you know, later. But uh, for all those who've been paying attention this week, I, I started a new job. And um, the job is with the Global Leadership Network, and it's been a wonderful uh, week. I've met a lot of great people and really excited about the opportunities, but it's, John, it's a lot of hours. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, church ministry was a lot of hours too, but I feel like in church ministry, it's really been spread across um, seven days, right? Like you're spread across seven days. That's your job, right? Maybe Saturday off. <laughs> yeah, physically, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just. From it, catechesis yes. classes on yeah, Sunday. Sundays. And then as the director you know, of the department, I mean, you've got yeah. staff and things to do Monday and through Friday. putting out fires and, yeah. know, and, when and I, creating some more fires, unfortunately. I, <laughs> you just have to put up my own fires that I create. <laughs> yeah, we all kind of do. And then when I was working at Communio, I was like seven days because like I was traveling or I was going to things for my clients or they're having meetings on weekends. And so. It's kind of, it, but an interesting shift for me to move from like a seven day job to a five day job. But the five day job is like more squeezed. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like it's I'm squeezing an orange 12, juice like every day. 12 hours a day. <laughs> I, I love it. And because of all this means I'm learning a lot, which is really fabulous. But, um, you know, I mean, our families, I think we all go through different changes and yeah. different uh, seasons of life. And I know we constantly have things from our own lives to share Yes, at this podcast, especially. Yes. I mean, you've gone through quite a journey the past oh, six months. Oh, it's been a, a roller coaster, emotional roller coaster. I was yeah. not expecting any of this. And uh, it just continues, to be honest. It's just, I mean, it's life at this point. And, yeah. And, uh, then, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, yeah. you know, have these seasons and these things that are happening with them as well. Yes. So before we get to that surprise, let me go ahead and begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts that you provide us. We thank you for the inspiration and wisdom for this podcast. We thank you for all the listeners who have enjoyed the commentary that we have offered, as well as the way that we have redirected, um, hopefully, their challenges and their prayers, concerns, and thoughts on you to lead more souls to Christ. We ask you for your continued guidance in our worlds and our paths, wherever those might lead us, and for the fruitful um, journey and joy that we can then share with our children. Amen. We ask this in your holy name. Oh. Amen. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Father. Holy Spirit. Well, I had that little pause. I, was, I don't know. Anyway, so do you want to say or you want me to say? Oh, it's over. <laughs> you, just say it. Just say it. <laughs> just, just pull the band-aid yeah, off. So no. this is going to be our final podcast episode. Yes, I, I think. You're I, all crying right now. <laughs> all, all 10 of them. <laughs> all 10 of our listeners. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, we've, uh, we've really appreciated this entire journey that we have had. I mean, we have had two seasons. Yeah. Practically full seasons mm -hmm. of podcasts, but John, you remember how we how this came to be, and like, yeah, it was the whole COVID thing. I was sitting in your office, and COVID just started, and we're like, hey, well, let's do a podcast. We have nothing else to do. And, <laughs> Not uh, well, exactly. everything was everything was kind of shutting down, and um, 
you know, we figured we'd go and try it. I guess I have a different perspective oh, okay. on that so you one. Have the optimist <laughs> Don't ask I mean, me the question I, then. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, trying to kind of, you know, get this commentary here. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, yes, COVID had just started. And I think as a staff, we were all trying to quickly figure out what does that mean for our ministries mm-hmm. and what do we do? So while we were moving things to online or do we delay things or how do we pivot this? Yes, some of that workload did diminish because, you know, you're not in person. And when you're in person running ministry, there are so many details that need to be had. And um, and that wasn't, you know, the case for us anymore because we were on this virtual platform. But I think from my perspective, at least, I was looking at this as, you know, I was hearing a lot of despair. I was hearing a lot of people that just felt lost and confused. And well, if I can't go to church and if I can't go to the Bible study and if I can't go to like, you know, this different event or have the donut Sunday with my own church community, what can I do? And I would still get calls and emails like this is going on in my life and that's going on. What can I do? And so I was really looking at this as a, a solution and a way to still reach many people mm-hmm. um, and um, to answer some of the popular concerns and challenges that people have shared with our um, parish, at least. And um, and also just being vulnerable and transparent about our own lives. Yes. Because I don't know about you, but in church ministry, I, a lot of people have had the perception, the false perception that our lives are perfect. And completely under control. <laughs> oh, well, if anything, I hope these people learn that our lives are a total mess. <laughs> For sure. I remember like uh, going into a single parent ministry meeting. And in the beginning, you know, I think it's always good to introduce people to like who I am as a leader. You, mm-hmm. know, you do this too, yeah. I'm sure. And I remember just kind of sharing my, my faith journey. And these moms, like their mouths just dropped open and they're like, we thought you had it all together, had no idea that your life went through those things or you're still going through yeah. things. Yeah. And, um, and that obviously allows trust to instantly be built, but that is like a common occurrence. And just because people work for the church, just like people have the false perception of like Catholics. Do you, I don't know if you hear this, but you're Catholic. My dad would say this all the time because no, no, I never got that. No. He's fallen away from the church and, and he said, but you know, you're Catholic, so you should always have forgiveness in your heart and you should never, you know, um, you know, not want to mend a relationship and you should be like this and this. I, I think people who aren't Catholic, they have this thought process that, um, that Catholics aim to, or, or claim to be sinless and perfect. And I don't know where they get that from. You know, that's that's a very actually interesting question because it's like the chicken or the egg. Do you have to be holy to receive the sacraments or do you receive the sacraments to become holy? Yeah. And it's both and because, you know, either either direction, if you kind of go all in, you're kind of misconceived because with the sacraments, like, um, it's about, I see this in RCA a lot. It's like, well, I'll get baptized, then I'll stop living in sin. Like it doesn't like, like it doesn't work that way. You got to, we need some act of good faith that you're not going to live in this particular sin or whatever this sin, this mortal sin, you know, this, these people, uh, you know, marriage stuff and all these marriage issues that I deal with in RCA. Like you got to stop living like that before you receive the sacraments because the sacraments aren't magic. It's not just going to magically disappear and all your sins go away. You're never going to sin again. It doesn't work that way. But at the same time, 
you know, the sacraments do give grace and do strengthen you so to help overcome sins. So it's, I don't know. It's like, for me, I'm discovering it's the chicken or the egg. Like, like where's the balance and all that? What's the expectation? Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> no, I, we were talking about like how people have the false perception. Oh yeah, oh we're perfect. Yeah, like we're perfect, or we claim to be perfect. Well, this is this is so actually, that's like something to like rub the yeah. salt in the wound or something. No, no, this I don't actually know. I like that question only because of um this is what I'm discovering in ministry, and this is where I think ministry needs to go. You know, we talk about walking with people. We're talking about you know company people, like all oh, the language. I'm kind of drives me nuts. It's just the language. And I'm not saying it's not wrong, but you know, this is how we do ministry. You got to walk with them. You got to accompany them. You got to go on the journey with them. You got to whatever the road to Emmaus and all of this stuff. I don't disagree with any of that stuff. But what I realize is that it has to, you have to be vulnerable as ministers in order to do effective ministry. And that's emotionally and exhausting training. Like this podcast, you know, some of these podcasts were very emotionally draining because they were being vulnerable, but that's where the healing takes place. If we're going to evangelize and this is it, I, this is my, my golden nugget is we talk about all this evangelization, these techniques and dialogue and walking with them and blah, 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 blah. You want to summarize evangelization down. You want to summarize effective evangelization down. Mm -hmm. It's the willingness to be vulnerable to the people and being open and right. being vulnerable, even though they may pierce you. Absolutely. Ooh, I it's, like it's, that. It's, it's willing to be Jesus Christ on the cross who's totally vulnerable, and people mock him when he's in his most vulnerable moment naked on the cross. That's what makes evangelization effective, and the reason why we don't evangelize, the reason why we don't evangelize is because we don't want to be on that cross, because we're afraid of being wounded. Mm -hmm. or judged or cast out or, or really or, wounded yeah in a sense like we, we we reveal our wounds to these people and we know they're going to hate us for it and it hurts yeah and um you know and we see that particularly in marriage when we expose our wounds to our spouse and they reject us for whatever reason and so really i think evangelization begins within the marriage and then particularly in the wedding and the marriage when we're willing to expose our wounds to our spouse and they hurt us un unintentionally or even intentionally, right. but hopefully unintentionally. And then we're willing to forgive them and expose those wounds again. And we can evangelize our spouse that way by keep revealing our wounds and our hurts and our pains, even though we might get rejected by that we that person we love the most. If we can do that in our marriage, then it's much easier to go out into the world to those people who are not so well connected to and expose those wounds as well. But this is what I'm discovering in ministry. For ministry really to be effective, it's not about these programs with this or this technique. It's not about, the, there's no technique. There was no technique in the gospel. They just went out and evangelized and did a bunch of miracles and were in love with Christ. There's no trick or technique. It's simply wanting to say, I will, I love this person enough that I'm going to show my wound to them as Christ showed their wounds to me, no matter what the consequence, because I love them so much and I want them to be healed. You know, we are called to be the sacred heart of Jesus as Jesus reveals his most sacred heart that was pierced. We reveal our hearts to these people knowing full well they're going to wound us and we still love them. That is, that's what evangelization is about. That's what encountering Christ is about. Going to that coworker who drives us nuts and we reveal, reveal something personal about ourselves where we're wounded and hurting in our personal lives and knowing full well they may use it against us, may think we're nuts or crazy or whatever it is, it may come back in a very bad way, but we still reveal that wound anyways because we know they're hurting and we want to be with them on the journey. Amen.
Ooh, we just opened up that can for John. So now That's we're great. just going to do a 10 more pod. No, we're not. No. We can't. No, but you know what? As you were saying that, I couldn't help but think about this interesting dichotomy of like, you know, parents. Yeah. And parents are afraid to reveal their wounds and woundedness to each other. Yep. They're too busy Be- trying to one up the other person well, so because, they can bury because, and because like it hurts. package it in a pretty package and deliver it well, that's, this of is who what, they are and their this family. This is what happens when, you're, when your people are cohabitating. They get in the habit of making everything in a pretty package because they don't want that person to leave. Because of the cohabitating and then they're stuck in some kind of financial situation together, even though they're not married to that person. So they put on this smiley face and make sure everything's okay. And both of them do that. And they're, you know, they're not totally honest. And then they get married and think, well, I'm married. Now I can be myself (laughs) and I reveal my wounds. And then those wounds get pierced and hurt and it gets more and more painful. And because of that, they're like, well, what's divorce? It's just less painful. You know, this is the hard part. You know, I'm not saying this is why everyone gets divorced. I don't know why, but but just is just this is just my opinion. The reason why people get divorced is because it's just too painful for them to expose their wounds to their spouse, because knowing full well that that spouse may hurt them. But this is why we see in Ephesians, you know, Christ loved the church and died for the church, and we are called to do the same. I can't tell you how many times my wonderful wife exposed her wounds to me, and I totally rejected her because I'm a jerk. And, and she made it very clear. It's just like, I don't want to talk to you right now because I don't want to expose my wounds, my hurt, my feelings. And I'm like, and then she's like, I have to. Like, I don't want to. I think you're a jerk right now, but I'm going to do it anyways because I love you and forgive you and I have to trust you to make this marriage work. And vice versa. I mean, the same thing happens. Like, I'm like, I really don't want to talk to you about this because you're just probably going to reject me or think I'm nuts or blow me off and I'm really hurting right now but I have to do it anyways because I have to trust you. So I wonder what's the best way to help our children to be more vulnerable, you know, and to expose their wounds because in this culture, as they open themselves up, there are people on the sides that are just wanting to pour salt all over the wound. Well, this is what happens. It's not done in the home anymore. So now we have these places called safe places, right? In colleges where you can be yourself and expose or whatever. And, and not be judged and blah, 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 because they don't feel like they have a place to talk. Uh, They don't have a place to be vulnerable. But the reality is you're always going to get hurt when you're vulnerable. Okay. That's part of our own spiritual life and our own crucifixion that we all call to go to. And so that being said, at some point, we just got to suck it up. You know, like my wife, she's like, and I don't know how else to say that, but she's like, okay, I don't want to be vulnerable. You're probably going to hurt me again because you don't understand where I'm coming from. But you know what? I have to suck it up and do it again because Mm -hmm. we have to make this marriage work and I have to trust you. Yeah. I mean, this is something I think that would be far easier, you know, to teach our kids at a younger age. Well, we can't do it ourselves. If we can't do it with our spouses and learn. You're modeling it. Right. I mean. You know, if for someone who's hearing this message right now and they haven't been that way in their household, they haven't been that way to their spouse, they haven't been that way to their kids. Um, I mean, like I have been witnessing to my kids, exposing wounds to my kids, you know, to my spouse. That's not a problem, but I still think well, it's I, hard for them to do it well, outside. Well, yeah, well, this, you got to be careful, too, because to your spouse is one thing. They're an adult. Most likely. I don't know if I'm an adult, but. And they're supposed to be an adult. When you do it to the kids, then it just puts a burden on the kids and stresses them out and causes greater anxiety. Like they're not mature enough to handle 
some of that stuff. So you got to filter what you're doing with the kids. That's what I'm saying. If you model it with your spouse, they begin to pick up on it. But at the same time, you, if you expose all your wounds, because this is one of my faults, it was like I was too much showing my wounds to my kids. And as my as a result, my kids got stressed out. They got anxiety, like, oh, dad's stressed out again. Oh, dad's anxious again. Oh, dad's depressed. Oh, dad's whatever. And so they took on those burdens, which they shouldn't have taken on. They don't need to take that stuff on. But because I was too open and honest at certain points and not realizing it, thinking, well, this is just who I am, it it has caused a relationship ripped in with my kids to a certain degree. So I think you got to figure out, use the virtue of prudence. You know, I think your spouse, you should, cause you're married, you made a covenant with them and that's part of the growth process. But with your kids, then you do it at age appropriate times and you know, you try to figure that out. So, yeah. But I think a part of that prudence too is, Obviously, you're thinking about the consequences of what you're saying and what impact that would have on them. But there are things like if my kids are struggling with something in school mm-hmm. um, or struggling with something with a friend, I can be vulnerable to share a story of when I was their age and I was going through that and yes. how hard oh, it yes, was. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm at the I'm present moment. About. Like right yeah. now, you know, my kids look at me and say, Dad, you know, for a long time, deal with my own anxiety and depression. My kids saw that in me. Right. They saw my woundedness, my weakness, and it definitely have impacted them in a negative way Um, because they weren't mature enough to say that it's, first of all, it's not the responsibility for them to heal me. You know, again, that's through the sacrament of marriage and our spouses when we're called to be Christ to each other, but that's not the responsibility of our children. Um, so yeah, sharing a story is one thing, you know, to relate to them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I come home from work, I have a bad day at work and I tell my kids, this is why I'm struggling at work or my woodenness. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my yeah. point. Like that should not be happening. Correct. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> Cause I'm brilliant. Of course you are, John. <laughs> no, of course you are. No, but I mean, even though I do that to my kids, um, you know, they still have a hard time of reciprocating that. They have a hard time of like, I have one child that clams up and just doesn't want to be vulnerable, yeah. period. Yeah. To, to even her parent, to like well, her sibling don't, or, don't you know, know, like. Well, part of it is because yeah. they don't know how to be because it's a new experience. They're, oh. they're processing their emotions. They're trying to figure it all out. Um, you know, that's, so that's kind of the hard part is. Um, yeah, so they don't know how to handle it. So that's why we walk them through it and, you know, give them opportunities. So patience and continue modeling so that they can feel more comfortable with the experience and then open up. Right. But but this is the hard part too, is like, you know, they may say something, I may say something they may not want to hear. And so here they are vulnerable and I wound them, not because I want to, but because I want to raise them and say, okay, I understand you're hurting right now about X, Y, and Z. Right. But guess what? Um, I'm going to say this as gently as possible. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh I, you know, when I say that, I don't mean to be sad in a mean way. That's probably not a good way to say it. But but what I mean by that is the fact of like, okay, I got to tell you the hard thing now because I want you to be here and to hear the hard thing now from someone who loves you as opposed to when you go out into the real world and you're vulnerable and you're weak and some, you, you open yourself up to someone and they're going to pierce your heart. You know, so I'd rather have it here now where it's, I love you and I'm trying to control it and do it as gently as possible or Manny's doing it as gently as possible. Um, 
So that way, when you go out into the world, one, you realize you will survive. Yeah. You know, when you're vulnerable, when you're survive. vulnerable, yeah, when you're vulnerable and someone pierces your heart, for lack of a better word, and, and wounds you, you will get past that. You're not going to die. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it may, If it's something very serious, it may be a lifelong scar, you know, but that's the reason why we have scars is to remember the wounds. So what happens is Christ heals our wounds, but sometimes the scars remain so we don't go back into the same sins, the same situations. So we learn from that. So when I see those emotional scars in my life that I've been healed from, I look at those scars. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back there. I'm healed. I've gotten past this. And this is what kids need to learn is to get past those those things. And then they look at those scars and see it as their war wounds, so to speak, and those scars saying, oh, I, yeah, I remember I was scarred here. I better avoid this or I better get out of this situation or I better not put myself in this situation because um, I don't want to be wounded again. Um, that's why scars are not necessarily a bad thing. You know, scars are simply when we're healed, but the remnants are still there so we don't forget, one, not to fall into that sin, okay, and then two, that God has healed us. Right. That's such a great analogy that you provide. And I think that's one that a lot of people who are listening can relate to for sure. And and what I'm getting out of what you're saying is the value and importance of exposing the clear and honest, truthful expectations mm-hmm. of vulnerability. And that it's supposed to, like you said, it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to, you know, um, feel scary and, and those things. Um you know, but the more that you do it, and I have found that with myself, right. the more that I've been vulnerable, the easier it is. And I don't feel like I have to hide things yeah. from the world. Well, see, for you me, know? for me, then I, I, I'm like, I say too much now because I'm like, I don't care what you, <laughs> that's the hard part. I go to the extreme of like, I'll be vulnerable to anyone. And then people are like, John, you're just irritating. Like, don't tell me your personal not, problems. Not irritating, but wow, is he a mess. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't tell me your personal problems. And this is the hard part in the church, going back to our whole point with ministry, is the yeah. fact of like, like, well, you know, ministry, we've got to be professional. True, you know, true. You know, be, there's a sense of professionalism. Yeah. Anyone who's worked in a church realizes it's a hot mess and there's a very much a lack of professionalism. <laughs> in, uh, well, it takes, it, it takes perseverance and a lot of fortitude to be able to even work in ministry in general. I mean, the average, um, it, it, uh, you don't want to say like expectancy, but the average amount of time that someone is in a position of ministry, I, I used to hear is two to three years. Yeah. And the then they ministry is like two pack years. it up and leave, you know? Like DRE, my position was always five years or less. Yeah. I mean, and how long have we been going? I mean, I'm at 12, 13 uh, years. For me, at least oh, 15. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's been exhausting. Right. Now I'm really depressed. <laughs> now we're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. so the breakup is really hard. Yeah. It's just really tough. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I feel like, but I can't help, but feel like if, if more parents did this, if more parents were vulnerable and were, you know, and, and honest and um, well, think, were, were able to model this to their kids and kids were able to practice it, it would completely shift, shift the culture of high school. Well, yeah, I think there's prudence. Well, this, okay, so one of the things you mentioned is one of your daughters is being bullied, yeah. right? Okay, so bullying, right? Yeah. Why? Because we have people who are bullies. Yeah. And they know how to basically like find the chink, the, the, the open, 
the open part of the chain of the of of the, soft the spot. of the armor, right? Yeah. The weakness in the armor, and they just go right for the jugular. That's kind of the mentality, right? They know how to expose. Well, they the know how jugular? to jugular. The jugular. It's the jugular. The vein in your neck. That, okay, got it. Okay. The jugular. That was, a, that was a great name. No, I okay. never heard of that. Okay. All right. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I don't know. I know I've bad enunciation. No, so. no, you're good. Okay. I didn't know what that was. I never heard of that. Um. Okay. But anyways, they go for the wound. Like they go for the kill, so to speak. Um. And they know how to do that. So, of course, then what's the initial reaction is, well, I'm never going to be open or vulnerable to anyone again. I shut down. My heart hardens. And we just live in our dis wall and our own protection, our own safe space and our own mental capacity. I mean, all the psychology there. And so what do we teach our kids is that, I mean, one, sometimes in life you have to endure it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's okay, but sometimes, I mean, I got bullied my whole life pretty much. Okay, maybe it didn't turn out okay, but still, <laughs> but I, I pretty much have been. I've yeah. been bullied my whole life, and I just had to go with it. And what I've learned is, okay, um, trying to find a balance of who to be open to and who not to be. And that's the hard about being a teenager is, like, they want to be vulnerable. They want to, you know, say, this is who I am. Um, but also, at the same time, learning to be able to c- accept constructive criticism. But that's hard, too, because it's not constructive criticism. It's just criticism well, to them. no it's not even yeah but it's not even criticism it's just you know being belligerent when, mm. you know it's being mean um, because it's not done in charity um and so it's it's hard it's hard for these kids because then they shut down and create their walls and create their own little world i mean this is what we see in our society everyone wants to be in the meta universe or their own avatars and everything else everyone hates who they are so you create this avatar to go into fake world trying to be something else because they're in that fake world they don't have to be vulnerable oh yeah you know they can be who they want to be the interesting thing the irony is that it might seem easier to go into that fake world with your fake avatar or right. whatever it is that you're trying to be right and seeing this is what kids want to do creating actually more woundedness it's 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 making it worse yeah but this is what kids are struggling with yeah i, mean, I would want that it temptation too i mean i think when i was in high school how much i wanted to escape my life and be someone else i wanted to be that yeah like, like you wanted <laughs> to be the cheerleader right i wanted to be the football quarterback wow. and the hero and i wanted to know what it felt like to be popular yeah exactly and then yeah and then I saw it wasn't really all it's cracked up to be. No, it's just stressful. <laughs> it's awful. It's worse than what it was not to yeah. be. It's like, it's better not to be popular. You know? Yeah, well, hearing <laughs> hearing the stress. voice in your head, like on a Friday or Saturday night, everyone's yeah. out partying, you're yeah. home, stuck home because you have nothing to do. Yeah. Because no one invited you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you don't but, have to create more wounds by going out to the party. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> right? Oh, come on. Let's be honest. We love the drama. Oh, I mean, but, when you're there, it, it seems like that's what everybody wants. And because everybody wants it, you want it too. Yeah. But going back to the whole vulnerability with teenagers, I mean, that's hard for them. And right. so like trying to teach, I would say teaching them prudence, learning, learning to be vulnerable too. But all that is also resilience. Well, that's my point too. Yeah. They have to learn. Resi- it's like, it's like anything yeah. else in order to. Like grit. Yeah. Like if we get sick, we build up an immune system, but we have to get sick first to build up the immune system. Right. You know, so this is what happens when we overprotect our kids, then they don't have any resilience and they, and they go out into the world and there's no resilience and life falls apart or they get over, overly bullied, which is what most people happens. We all kind of harden our hearts. We're not vulnerable. And then it's all about being professional and legalism of like you, you do you, I be me. We don't touch each other and go near each other or be personal whatsoever. And everything becomes very sterile. 
okay? Very impersonal and very lonely because everything's not, a, because you can't have any connections with anyone because you're just going to get hurt. So now we're very impersonal and people are hurting that way and not depressed and miserable because it's like, I need to have a connection with someone. Right. So it's a hard situation. So, you know, this is, this is what ch- teenagers I think struggle with most is learning where to take prudent risks and opening their hearts and, and figuring out what's real, and what's not. And, and, you know, like we're friendships, right? You know, we have the whole LBG stuff and all that stuff. And what happens there is now even friendships, which we could be vulnerable and open, but it's not sexual in any way, shape or form. Now that has become sexual, which it's not supposed to, you know, sometimes you just need a friend to open up to and, and have a conversation with and not feel like being judged. But at the same time, it doesn't have to go down the whole sexual path. You know, it's just friendship. That's what friendship is. Um, so, so I think the, the, the final portion of this episode to really address is that as we're departing um, this audience and not being able to provide our humorous, you know, wisdom um, that we have to offer just from our own experiences, where is it that maybe it's good for us to talk about where it is that each one of us, when we are in that rut or we're experiencing that challenge, where is it that we go to seek guidance? And the obvious is obviously the Lord, you know, in yeah. prayer. For me, for me, it's adoration. Yeah. I mean, every morning when I have most of the times when I have opportunities to sitting in adoration and I love doing adoration because I can be so vulnerable. I can be totally honest. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice because I know the Lord's just listening. He's not saying, well, John, you got to fix this and do that and do backflips or, you know, wait, wagging his finger at me, pointing at me. It's just, I love just sitting in adoration quietly and saying, God, this is just where I'm at. I'm hurting. Please heal me here. Please heal me there. So for me, the best place to be vulnerable is sitting in front of the blessed sacrament and just exposing our hearts to his heart. You know, our, our wounded heart to his most wounded sacred heart and having his wounded sacred heart heal our wounded hearts as well. Like, like our hearts become one in that sense, in sense of woundedness, we do take on Jesus's most sacred heart at that point. Um, so for me, that's, that's it. Like it's, I need adoration. I just need to spend time in front of the Lord and just say, I am so wounded right now. And I don't want my heart to get hardened. If I, if I don't sit in front of you, if I don't expose my heart to you, Lord, and just go to work every day, my heart's going to be very hardened and I'm going to be very closed off. And then, then my ministry is no longer a ministry, but it's just about being professional. Um, Mm. it's just about, it's a job. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's easy for some people to think the first place I'm going to go to is a self-help book. And you have to be very cautious of self-help books. Yeah. Because many times they almost create a problem that really didn't exist there before. Yeah, yeah. It creates drama. It, it, need it to does. I, and I have fallen into that trap for sure. Um, I think my two places I would say would be, number one would be scripture. Um, if I'm struggling with something and I go to open the word of God and I'm reading scripture, I can find God providing me solutions and answers or comfort through the words that are in scripture. So that's really helpful to me. And I'll even, you know, make notes in the, in, in the margins of the Bible about it, or I have my Bible app and I highlight it or I do things like that. So I have reference points to go back to when I'm experiencing that again. And then I would say the second thing is that, um, the sacraments, Yes. The sacraments are so, so important. One, because as a parent, 
we're learning as we go. I mean, there's no instruction manual that you receive once you're pregnant or you deliver a child. Actually, there are instruction manuals. There's plenty of manuals. Yeah, not the what's one the, that I'm talking about. What's you're expecting? Come not, on. not, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of books out there. Not the right kind. Not the right kind. But you know, like it's, we make mistakes as parents. And it's it's nice that I can go to reconciliation to be forgiven for some of those mistakes and how I handled situations or in my thoughts and that I had during those times and how I let myself um, get carried away or get too emotional or dramatized a situation, but also the Eucharist on Sunday, just to be like filled back up with that grace, to be fed with that grace, um, to be able to get through the next week of obstacles or the next day. You know, why not go to daily mass so you, you can receive the Eucharist every day right. to have the grace and strength to get through what you No, I agree with the sacraments yeah. and scripture. I and mean, most people turn to scripture um, for comfort or, or, you know, for advice, I guess. Um, yeah, I usually don't. I usually end up in the prophets section mm. of the Bible. It doesn't go well. Wisdom for me. Oh, it's I love wisdom. Yeah, I do like the book. I like the wisdom yeah. books because yeah. it's, I think the reason why I like the wisdom books is because it's timeless. Mm, yes, I agree. And so even, even, you know, this has been written a thousand, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years <laughs> yeah. ago. The the uh, the the advice is still the it's same. It's like it today. was written today. Yeah, it's still the same today. It's completely relevant. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we we want to thank all of you, you know, who've taken um, some time out of your your busy days just to be able to sit and dwell with uh, with our commentary and to be uh, many. Some of you have been very loyal from the very beginning, and and we appreciate all of that, and we appreciate the comments that we've received from some of you listeners, whether it was from social media or emails. Uh, we just that really helped to fill us up in times that we just you know, felt exhausted from like the monotony of life and it just lifted us up and provided us hope. So we want to thank you for all the ways that you've contributed to us. And, um, and we hope that you've enjoyed the podcast. And I know John and I have had conversations mm -hmm. about um, independent endeavors that we've been considering for ourselves. So we're going rogue. <laughs> no. this, this is a major breakup. No, 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 gosh. <laughs> no. I'm still friends. Uh, no. But, um, but no, I mean, I think that we feel almost like the Lord is calling us into like other directions. And so as we sit in discernment, um, we don't know how long that discernment is. We just want you to be aware that that's a possibility. And you might find John in, in a podcast he's doing and me in a podcast that I'm doing, but we will be sure to connect in through social media if that happens. So if you follow Stuck in the Cry Room, even though we are not posting any more episodes, once that happens, you'll be informed of when those things are occurring. So we want to thank you. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you for the journey and may God bless you and your families. Amen. Amen.